Welcome to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Today I'm excited to share with all of you a special bonus episode. This is an episode known on Patreon as it was released several months ago called Steve, and it's about Steve and his wife, Karen. I have had many requests that I release this episode for all to hear, so I have decided to go ahead and share with everybody. And again, this is an exclusive bonus episode that would only be heard on Patreon if you are a subscriber, but you get the sneak peek today. Thank you so much for listening. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster Rebecca Adams and are not based on the advice of a licensed therapist, psychologist, or psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Human lives follow many paths, presenting twists and turns and choices never planned never expected. Temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness all can lead a person to a mistake they can't take back. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who have chosen to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Welcome everyone to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity on Patreon, where only you get to hear these extra stories and get access a couple of days early, plus hear my outtakes and my bloopers and my swearing. (laughs) Hope everybody has been doing well. I hope everybody had a great holiday last weekend and everybody still has all their fingers. And uh, yeah, we went outside because we live in... um, in an unincorporated part of Clark County, Washington. And so the big, huge fireworks are quite legal here. And of course, it was like an absolute war zone outside, you know, during the fireworks, but to wake up the next day and have all that garbage all over your street, up your driveway, on your car, have little burn marks on your car, that is frustrating. So that's what we got to deal with. But uh, last night was fun to watch and I don't typically buy fireworks anymore now that my kids are grown up. So I just go down and um, we have a little park in our neighborhood. And I sit there and watch other people blow up their money instead. It's much more fun. But stuff was getting kind of scary because there were so many people. And it just seems like there was a little bit more action this year than in previous years. And maybe it's because everybody's been locked up and not able to go do fun things with people. And this just... Um, was a good reason to get the family together. But uh, hopefully, you know, with this whole COVID thing that uh, people don't get sick and all of that. So anyways, let's get to today's story. Um, This gentleman sent me an email right shortly after I um, had come out with a podcast. And he was um, concerned because his wife had um, stepped out on his relationship. And we talked via email quite a bit. um, And he just was very just frustrated. I don't think so much about what it was that I was doing, but just 
maybe the concept, knowing what he'd went through, that he absolutely didn't deserve what happened to him. And I think from what I can gather, his concerns were that I was going to be able to represent people who were cheated on that weren't a bad spouse. You know, there's there was no abuse. There was none of that kind of stuff. He um, wanted to be sure that he himself, should he share a story, uh, represent um, that he was a good guy. And I explained, too, he's writing the story. He can tell me what he needs to do. And um, so we've been in touch for several months. And he actually submitted his story back in February. And now I'm coming to the point where I get to read his. So this is, like I said, a person who has really um, been kind of watching what's been going on since I started this. So I'm excited. And he and I will chat from time to time. He even had a great movie recommendation for me. And um, off the top of my head right now, I cannot think of what it was called but I think I might have mentioned it on a previous episode. Um, And it was about a a young woman who got married young. She was, um, she cheated on her husband. Um, She kind of was easygoing as a young girl. And, um, you know, she, there was something with her that just, Uh, she just couldn't be maybe satisfied with whatever the situation was. She was able to give into temptation easily and fall easily. Um, And it was a movie that was done, I want to say in the sixties. So for that type of content to have come out back then, it was, it was quite interesting. Um, And I found it on YouTube. So if somebody has heard the previous podcasts um, and caught the name, great. If you're interested in learning more about it, just send me a message and I will look that up and find out exactly what the name of that was, because I cannot recall. But for right now, we're going to hear Steve's story about him and his wife, Karen, and what happened in their marriage. This story is unlike most of those you hear about. This is a story of a good marriage between two good people that was still devastated by infidelity. There are no bad people here. We met each other in our late 20s. She was absolutely beautiful. I felt like the luckiest guy in the world that she would even go on one date with me, let alone become my significant other. We both had experienced fun in our 20s, but both were looking for someone to start a life with. We were a great match and we got along exceptionally well. I felt like I had won the lottery. She was so beautiful, smart, and a truly caring person. We dated for a couple of years and then got married. It was a perfect time in our lives. We were both doing well in our careers, got to travel, and our love grew. A few years later, we had a daughter, and a couple of years after that, we had a second daughter. My career really took off. I was fast-tracked in a great company, and we were doing well financially. So well that it made sense for her to quit working and become a stay-at-home mom. As much as I threw myself into my job, she did the same with hers. She was amazing. She was in the local papers and won numerous awards for all of the things she did for the school and the community. It's not like there weren't challenges, every marriage has them, but on a scale of having a great marriage, ours was right up there. We were the envy of all our friends. Time flew by and one daughter left for college and a couple of years later, so did our second one. We started making plans for our next chapter. 
I had made enough money that I would be able to retire in my late 50s. We booked a trip of a lifetime to the South Pacific for our 25th wedding anniversary. First class travel, four star hotels, and for almost three weeks, which was longer than any vacation we ever took. The last thing we planned was a renovation of the family home. I knew that with my daughters gone, my wife would need things other than her charity work and working out to keep her from missing the girls. The house renovation would be a perfect project. After a long process of doing plans, which my wife oversaw, we chose a general contractor to do the job. He had a group of tradesmen he worked with. The process seemed to be going well. I did meet most of the guys, like the plumbers, etc. They all seemed fine, with the exception of the electrician who seemed full of himself. But the GC and my wife were comfortable, so I was okay with it. Big mistake. I said in the beginning that there was no villains here. That isn't entirely true. Mike, the electrician, turned out to be a predator. I found out later that he had a reputation of sleeping with the women whose homes he worked on. He also bragged that he could get these women to do any sex acts that he wanted. I had dealt with bad people like him in my business. My wife never did. She really didn't stand a chance. He started grooming her from day one, first flattering her on her amazing ideas she had for the house, then over a period of days turning the comments on how attractive she was. He also started telling her about his dream of renovating houses to flip and how she could join him in this business. For a woman who was still beautiful, but getting older and who had no skills to go back to work, the affirmations he was giving her swept her away. He was young, good-looking, and interested in her. She took the bait. He would come over first for the coffee, then a beer for him and wine for her, until he felt so comfortable that he went in for a kiss. They slept together the first time that day. The rest of the story here was confessed over many days and hours of interrogation. She swore to herself that this was a one-time thing and she would take it to her grave. I probably could have lived with a one-time mistake, but that's not what happened. He started coming around every day and every day they would have unprotected sex in our bed. He had her doing anal sex, which we never did as she didn't like it. He made good on his boast that he could get the housewives to do anything he wanted and that they had more anal sex in a few weeks than we had in 25 years of our marriage. Even worse, we were having sex, including oral, only hours after she was with him. She told me she was scared not to change our routine and she still enjoyed having sex with me. The thought of that still disgusts me. Every day she vowed not again, and each time she broke that vow. The sex they had was way different than what we experienced. We had an active sex life, and after 25 years, were very comfortable and worked hard to satisfy each other's needs. She loved what she called lovemaking. She would wear lingerie, light candles, want a lot of foreplay, and desired being held after. I liked it too. What we did was such a stark contrast to what they had. 
I asked her later why she didn't tell me she liked the kind of sex she had with him. She said it was novel for the first couple times, but she swore she didn't like what he was doing. I'm not sure I believed it. Why keep going back? I'm sure in hindsight she feels that way now, but I never got over the nagging doubt that she enjoyed the sex with him more than me. I also never got over the feeling that she looked back at what they did and with good memories. He was bigger than me, in better shape, younger, and the sex was new. I never got over that. Again, she swears she looks at it with disgust, but who knows? Why would she ever admit it? As bad as the sex, he convinced her to set up a meeting with me to bankroll his new venture to the tune of a few hundred thousand dollars. The deal would have tied us to him for years. He sat in my house and gave a presentation that my college interns would have been embarrassed about. She was in and out of the room, scared to death, but I didn't notice as I trusted her so much. I gently turned him down, but apparently he was livid. The sex between them got even more brutal. He treated her like a common whore. These interactions consisted of facials, rough sex, he even ejaculated into my pillow and laughed. All of this in our bed with pictures of us and our family staring down at them. The straw that broke the camel's back was when he had her give him oral sex behind a door after telling his buddies what he was going to do. He made sex noises and made sure that some of it went on her shirt. As she walked out of the room, the buddies were snickering all except the carpenter who I had a good relationship with and was disgusted. He called me and told me what was going on and what she was doing every day. My world exploded. I talked to my attorney and he gave me the name of a private investigator. I met with him that day and he was going to go to the house the next day and enter with a letter from me giving him authorization. I had to play dumb that night, but I felt like I was going to explode. Unbelievable as it sounds, she was going to sleep with him again after what he did. She says she was scared of ending it and felt that when the job would be over in a few days, she would be able to get out of it. I doubt that as I think it could have gone on for years just with less frequency. He could have easily done a drive by a couple of times a month and I would have none been the wiser. My PI entered the house and into the room stating who he was. She was under the covers and he had just gotten out of the shower. He told them he was going downstairs to call me and they should get dressed. He flew out of there a minute later and she came down pleading not to call me, which he already had. I was crushed beyond belief. I swear, just like the movies where someone drinks something with their DNA changes them into a monster, I changed into a monster and I have never been the same. I called his phone and he put her on. She was frantic telling me it isn't what I thought. I hung up. The PI left and I let her calls go to voicemail for the next hour. When I called her back, I told her I was a fool to trust her, but if she lies one more time, I was going to send the PI report to our friends and daughters. She swore it was over that second. We talked for a few minutes, I wanted him fired, and all of the beds in the house replaced. She told me how humiliating it was as everyone still working there knew why. I proceeded to check into a hotel for a couple of days and ghosted her.
I knew for her that was the worst thing that could happen to her. When I came home a few days later, she raced to hug me, but I told her not to touch me. It was over the next few days I got the story out of her. It was purely sexual. She had no dreams of leaving me for him. When she told me he meant nothing, I couldn't believe it. I screamed at her, you destroyed our marriage over nothing. It would have been better if you loved the guy. She only gave me the gory details as I threatened to call him. She was even more terrified that hearing them from him, knowing how much he hated me, would be the worst as he would take glee in it. Like I said, I turned into a monster. When I wasn't calling her horrible names, I wasn't talking to her. I moved out of the bedroom. She didn't know what to do. She sat snot-nosed crying while I threatened to tell everyone what she did. She set up a marriage counselor the next week, which was a disaster. They told me how this could be a positive event to bring us closer. At some point, the anniversary trip came up and I remarked I wasn't going. They both jumped on how important it was for our healing. The next day, I canceled the trip. I think this was the point where she knew we might not make it. Up to that point, she thought our family and 25-year marriage would win out. I spent the next year as a monster. When we finally started having sex, I wore a condom for six months after we were cleared for STDs, even though they weren't needed. After sex, I made her get up and leave the room. Oral sex, which I loved giving to her as she responded so well, was off the table after I learned I gave it to her after he had had unprotected sex with her. No kissing, holding, anything. I treated her like he did. I did everything except leave an envelope with money on the dresser. I could hear her crying in her room at night, but never went in to try and comfort her. I will give her credit. She tried everything. Offered me a hall pass, a threesome, even telling me she thought one of her divorced friends who thought I was attractive would sleep with me. She made special dinners which I never ate. She tried to plan something fun for our 25th anniversary, which I spent on a business trip. She watched while I went on golf trips with my buddies, but would not go anywhere with her. I knew she would never cheat again, but when I accused her of sleeping with her trainer, she quit him and the gym. I'm not proud of any of this by any way. Things finally came to a head one day in a Home Depot. We passed by a tool belt and I said to her, why don't we go behind the shelves and you can blow me and the workers here could listen. She dropped to her knees and was howling. I thought she was going to have a heart attack. I had to convince the staff not to call an ambulance. I had gone too far and I started crying for what I had done to her. I took her home, made her tea, put her to bed and vowed not to do anything like that again. I know this is where music should start playing and we would fall in love again. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. I wasn't a monster to her and outwardly things were okay. We sometimes laughed, sex was better, but we were not the same couple. I was dead inside. The love I had for her was just not there. If I had to describe how I treated her, the best word would be cordial. She had humiliated me so badly and my ego was so bruised. What this guy did to my wife in our bed played in my head all of the time. 
I felt so stupid that I was faithful after all the opportunities I had for sex with hot young women that I never took. She was also broken. She knew she was 100% responsible for the state of our marriage. She gained weight, stopped her hobbies and seeing friends. Her self-confidence was gone. She went to IC where they explored midlife crisis in women where infidelity is not uncommon, especially when the wife gets into an empty nest situation. We even looked into the possibility that this was a manic event as it was like a different person took over her body. She did say the whole thing was like an out-of-body experience and she was watching this all play out, but powerless to stop it. On one level, I understood why it happened, but I could never forgive it. It bothered me to no end that she really suffered no consequences as we didn't tell a soul about what happened. In hindsight, I can see that the consequence of her knowing that she destroyed us is probably as bad as what I went through. Unbeknownst to me, she started working with a travel agent about another huge trip. This time would be for our 30th. It wasn't the same trip, but on the same scale. I had retired a year before, so this trip was going to be for a month's duration. She was all excited when she brought it to me. I just lost it. It brought back all the old feelings I had tried to stuff down. I wasn't angry she tried, but I went into a funk nonetheless. It brought me back to the happiness we had planning the first one, and now I had no desire to go on this one. After she was finished and was waiting for me to tell her to book it, I blindsided her and told her I wanted a divorce. I had been thinking about it for a long time, and I just blurted it out. She thought at first I was joking. I really think that after close to five years, she thought we had made it through and we would be together forever. I do regret the way I sprung it on her. We also had bought a condo down south a few years before and I packed my bag and I left for there. She once again was frantic. I let her convince me to do a trial separation first. I made it clear, however, that I wasn't going to live a married life and was free to pursue other relationships and sex. She was free to do the same. I proceeded to sleep my way through many women. After the affair, I dedicated myself to fitness. I went from a 36-inch waist to a 32-33 and packed on lean muscle. I also had money. I could date women 20 years younger than her who still had super hot bodies. This killed her. We had to tell our friends and daughters that we were separating. I wasn't going to be the bad guy, so the reason came out. People were shocked. Some thought there was infidelity, as they saw our relationship had changed, except they thought it was me, as it was so out of character for my wife. My daughters were very disappointed in her, but quickly circled the wagons around her. I was actually getting blamed for the divorce, as I was the one that instituted it. My wife actually defended me and gave them a thumbnail of why this isn't just a case of a one-night stand. My daughters felt that what she did for a few weeks shouldn't overshadow a 30-year marriage. They never really understood how much I was hurt. My wife pleaded to not divorce. I tried to explain to her it wasn't just the affair, but also the self-loathing I had for myself for the way I treated her. 
Having your spouse treat you cordially is not a marriage. Yet I couldn't stop. The divorce was amicable. It took as long as our finances were complicated, but the terms were fair. No matter what she did, she was still a great partner and our wealth would have never happened had it not been for her holding down the home front. It's been a couple of years since the divorce. I have dated many women, but the relationships are measured in weeks and months, not years. I just haven't found anyone I think could give me the love I had for her prior to the affair. I started IC prior to the divorce and am working on my issues, especially as it pertains to my ego. I regret not doing therapy for myself from the start. I also wonder if she and the therapist were right and the 25th trip could have helped in healing. I still have so many regrets, not only for what she did, but how I reacted to it. It could have gone so many other ways. I could have just walked away and not tortured myself and her for five years. Or I could have actually tried to repair the marriage instead of wallowing in my anger. I could have exposed what happened at the start, which probably would have been better and more productive than letting my anger fester. Who knows? My daughters ask me if I still love her, and I do. If she needed a kidney, I would be at the hospital in an hour. But if she needed me to tell her I forgive her for what she did, that is still impossible. This is my character flaw and I'm working hard to give her the forgiveness she needs to move on. She has been in a downward spiral. She had some friends shun her. Others gave up on her as she did very little to reach out to them. I get texts from her still late at night after she has some wine asking for another chance. I have told her she needs to quit drinking and get back to the gym. I have told her she deserves happiness, but that her happiness won't come from me. I really miss my life prior to the affair. At 63, I never thought I would be going on blind dates and swiping on an app. Even more than our past life, I miss all of the things that never happened going forward. Traveling together, sitting at the same table at our daughter's weddings having grandchildren at our house. All was destroyed for a few weeks of fun for her. I think about trying again from time to time, but the mind movies pop up and kill that idea. Like I said in the preface, there are no terrible people here. She isn't a bad person. No one is that good of an actor that they could hide who they were for over 30 years. But the person she was for these weeks and what she did was so heinous that she broke me. It's such a tragedy that one event that never should have happened was able to destroy a marriage and a family. I know I will find someone eventually when I'm ready, but it will never be the same. So this story, as I had mentioned at the beginning, the gentleman had talked with me way back and um, had told me his points of view, and I got the story, and I read through it, but when I actually start to record and I have to read emotion, I almost feel as though I'm living the story. I need to in order to be able to express it for people to understand. I don't want to just read it like I'm ba 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 because what good is that going to do? Um, about the part where they were in Home Depot, and he had made the comment about um, him getting a blowjob from her so everybody could hear and she dropped to her knees and started howling and he thought she was having a heart attack. 
that's where I lost it. I actually had to stop recording and go for a walk because it, that whole poor, that whole point, that whole part actually brought me back 10 years because that was very similar to how my ex-husband was with me. And, you know, I was trying to do everything I could, but those little cracks. And even after we divorced and I would apologize, my ex-husband would still say, well, why are you apologizing now? Honestly, I'd been apologizing to him for years, but maybe he wasn't ready to hear it. And all the little cracks um, or the comments that he would make to me or about me to other people or to my children, this really hit home. Um, but I'm glad that um, we received this story because the author himself is really hoping that it's going to help other people, be it men or women, to understand how detrimental it can be in a marriage to step out. Though this episode is specifically meant for Patreon in talking with Steve a little bit about his goals and how this story really touched me, there may come a point where I can actually release this on my regular Raw Truth as an extra episode um, as time allows. So maybe it will be able to reach even more people and that would be the goal. So as hard as the story was, I'm so glad again to have been able to um, met up with Steve via email and talk with him over months and eventually him feeling trusting enough to be able to get the story to me and to show that he wasn't the crazy abusive monster that a lot of men can be betrayed at as re reasons why women cheat, which can happen. I mean, but everybody has their own story. Everybody has their own reasons and nothing is ever going to be the same. But Steve, thank you so much for taking the time. I know it was very hard for you to do this and I appreciate it and it will definitely benefit others. Thank you again for tuning in to this episode of uh, Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity on Patreon. If you have a story you would like to submit uh, for consideration uh, for the podcast, whether it be for women who have cheated on their spouses or partners, or if you're a husband or boyfriend and you were cheated on, or if you're a man who stepped out of his relationship, let me know. Send it in, rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. If you have questions or comments or suggestions for our midweek ponder episodes, again, send them to me. I'm happy to receive the email and we'll respond to you uh, as long as it doesn't go in my spam box, but it should come straight to me. Again, rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. You can also uh, visit my website at rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com where you can listen to the regular episodes. Um, you can email from there. Um, and if you refer people over who want to listen on Patreon, they can subscribe through the website as well. I've been lucky enough to receive a couple new Patreon subscribers, so I wanted to say welcome to them uh, for those July so far who signed up in early July. Welcome and thank you. And also, if you're new to the podcast, anything that I recorded prior to December of 2019 would not be on Patreon because I started that like right about New Year's Eve. And from there, it takes on 
episodes that are on the regular raw truth of the female stories. Um, you just get them two days earlier. And then um, the Patreon stories, the bonus. So anything prior to December 30th, you'll need to look on a regular podcast platform. You can find me on Apple, iHeart, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, um, CastBox, a lot of places. And I know a lot of people have asked me, well, why aren't you on YouTube? Well, at this point in time, it would not be cost effective for me to put it on YouTube. Perhaps someday down the road it might be, but right now, this is where we are. So if it's a regular podcast type streaming, that's where you will find me. So if you need to go backwards and listen to stories, that's where you need to go. But until next time, again, thank you all for your support. Stay happy, stay healthy, and always remember, no judgment. Goodbye. This time would be for our 30th. It wasn't the same trip, but on the same time, but um. After sex, I made her get up and leave the room. Oral sex, which I loved giving her as she responded so well, was off the table. Mm. She was all excited when she brought it to me. I just lost it. It bracket. I proceeded to sleep with my way. Fuck. Some people thought their infidelity as they saw our relationship had changed, except they th- What? haven't found anyone I think I could give my love for. I get texts from her late at night after she has done fudge. The sex we had was way different than what we experienced. What the hell? We were a great match and we got along. We got along? Nice. A few... Oh God, a few... Oh.